Take Flight with Freebird is a podcast where we interview successful business owners and innovators, disrupting and empowering the beauty industry with their passion and creativity. In every episode, you'll find a mix of inspirational individuals discussing their stories, insights, trends, and their latest tools. Hi, everyone. I'm Cam. Today, we are interviewing Kim Wynn, plant and hair nerd, lover of life, and the member of the Unicorn Tribe. Kim is an incredibly talented stylist in Dayton, Nevada. She is an, an extreme colorist in the fact that she takes care of the hair, but she offers extreme results. She is incredibly talented, and I am so honored that she's sharing her story with us today and what it has taken for her to get to where she is. Kim, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm honored that you would ask me to be a part of this. Thank you. We're so grateful to have you, and I'm so glad that we met you. I mean, how crazy. Uh, just to give you a little backstory, guys, those of you who don't know me, um, I am a traveling hairstylist turned CEO of Freebird. I am the founder, and I have the privilege of sitting alongside some of the most incredibly talented artists and hearing their stories and their journeys of what got them here today. So, Kim, if you don't mind, what in the world? How long have you been behind the chair now? Oh, wow. Um, I graduated from hairdressing school in 2006. Oh my god! Um, but I feel like my hair journey actually started way before that. Like Tell just us. Growing up, I grew up like in and around the salon. Like so, that's like not anything new to me. Like that's always been like, you know, the backup plan. Like I've always like spent my life trying to figure out, or my life before hairdressing school, trying to figure out what to do other than that. But wow. um, I think what hits home to me is like having crazy curly hair. Like it's <laughs> yeah, been it does. such a challenge my entire life and being made fun of for that and just having really low self-esteem mm. due to that. Um, I that... love your curls. <laughs> I Gosh, do now. I do people now. are dicks. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, they totally are, but they all want my hair. I know. Now, it, so that's exactly what it is, girl. <laughs> you have the best curls. And those of you who can't see her curls, they are the perfect ringlet. I mean, they are beautiful, beautiful curls. Thank you. You're welcome. But yeah, just like dealing with that. And that like makes me um, so passionate about helping other people with their hair because it can really lead to so many other things. When you look on the outside, how you feel on the inside, mm -hmm. that is where your life changes. Wow. And so for you, I mean, starting out before those scissors and shears and foil and combs were in your hands, you loved hair. Uh, always. I remember I would pay my sister to sit still. So like when we were like really young, she was like, oh, maybe five. And I'm like <laughs> figuring out some cool way to braid her hair. And I would pay her to sit still so I could do it. And then I'd be almost done. She's like, I'm done with this. I'm bored. And she would like take it out and like just walk away. But now she asked me to do her hair all the time. You're like, you so. know what? We're, we're getting some payback here. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. There was some flip on this. <laughs> wow. So starting out with your sister. And so Okay, let's see here. You've been behind the chair since 2006. Mm -hmm. Yes? Okay. And that being said, where did you start your career off? Um, at one of those salons where it's like you're supposed to do like 15-minute haircuts mm -hmm. and where I feel like there really wasn't any heart in it. Like I really originally wanted to um, assist someone, yeah. but that just never happened. I didn't have that opportunity, so I had to learn everything on my own. Wow. And that was really hard because you do some things that you're like, I don't know, I'm just going to do this because yeah. this is what they told me to do or I think this is the best thing to do. But um, that leads me to now I'm working with associates or a mm -hmm. lot of people call them assistants. So mm -hmm. it's like I'm able to help 
them grow on their path, um, learning from the things that I did wrong. Yeah. And so they don't have to make those mistakes. Wow. You know, it's so interesting um, when it impacts you and it becomes a part of who you are. Like listening to you and the fact that hair took a hold of me years ago as well. It's and beauty. I always, we're biased because we're hairstylists, but beauty professionals, makeup artists, all of you wonderful people, we're not leaving you out. We're just we're a little narrow minded when it comes to hair. But um, when when did you make the decision to pursue it as a career? When was that moment for you? Um, probably about five or six years ago. Um, I had been like coming in and out of doing hair I like took some time off to go live off the land in Hawaii like um, a dude lot of young that's 20- awesome <laughs> yeah like- we're gonna circle back guys don't worry I gotta know that story too <laughs> should I start there hey you um, can do whatever you want girl this is all about you we want to hear your story and whatever you want to share well um when I was 20 I had been doing hair for two years okay and I remember one day I was doing this guy's hair and he goes I'm re- retiring tomorrow from Pratt and Whitney and it feels like I started yesterday. And I was like, oh, hell no. Oh, no, 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 no. So I went home, talked to my boyfriend. We bought tickets to Hawaii. And we, <laughs> we, planned, I love it. <laughs> we planned to move to Hawaii to live off the land. Because um, back then, what, 2000, that was 2008. So wow. there was all that war stuff going oh, on. Oh, yeah, recession like, just hit. Yeah. yeah. And, well, that was, I left right before the oh, recession. Oh, thank goodness. Hit, so I didn't even know the recession hit until a year later. Oh, like I was bum, totally you, out of, you were yeah, in Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, nope, I didn't even know, guys. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, like we, like there was just so much fakeness going on mm. in the world. Like people making money off of people dying in wars. Like yeah. I didn't want to be a part of that. I didn't want to be a part of the money. Like, and I, at that point in time, thought that money was an evil thing, mm-hmm. which it is not no. by any means. It's a tool. It's, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that is something I've learned. Yes. But I spent all that time, like, honestly, like penniless yeah. for like a good year of my life. And that taught me so many amazing lessons. Mm. Um, yeah. Wow. You know, it's really, I, I'm glad we, we touched on this here because I think this industry can create so many wonderful things, but a lot of the times people can get lost in it. And, you know, to be successful is, you know, you're defining that yourself every single day, what success means to you. And I really am grateful that you sh- you shared that story of you taking that break, that little hiatus for yourself, for that self-reflection moment, that um, and lining up with what felt right for you because I think a lot of times in our profession that when people change they adjust their career or they're not necessarily sure of where they're going it leaves them feeling like they're not successful or they're not worthy of what they're doing right because they don't look like someone else and the fact that you were courageous enough to say you know what I need to check myself and make sure I'm on the right track allowed you to learn invaluable lessons as you're moving forward and we fast forward 13 well we're not going to do math, guys. I'm a hairstylist, <laughs> not a mathematician. <laughs> Let's be real, okay? So whenever that was, however long ago that was. But the thing is with that, okay, now it's 11 years ago. I know that. No, no it's not. Yeah. Is it 11 years? Yeah. Okay, yeah, it, it should is. be. It should be. Yes, 2008, 19. 2019, 11. Okay, yes. cool. Yeah, guys. I'm like, no, no, this is going to bother me now. I got to be. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> but that being said is allowing yourself space to go against the grain and to make a choice for your career that many wouldn't because they'd be scared walking away they'd lose their talent that they'd lose their clientele that they'd lose their career opportunity and i think it's so courageous that you did that and i'm so glad that you shared that because i know so many people who waited till they were it was too late and they're like wow i wish i would have done those things or i wish i would have traveled or i wish i would have said no 
And that is really inspiring to hear that you did it. You went to Hawaii, girl, and you missed the whole recession. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, was literally, I came back and all the little kids are wearing like Hannah Montana backpacks. I'm like, who's that? No, literally, I had no idea who that was. What? No clue. <laughs> Girl, there, there's something really beautiful about that, but also kind of crazy because you were in Hawaii. <laughs> you were not in a third world. Like you living in the jungle with a bunch of hippies. I have a oh tattoo here. Show me. Oh, you guys. Solar power. Oh, you yeah, are the best. I was praying that, like, you know, the uh -huh. power wouldn't uh -huh. go out during the whole uh -huh. thing. Yep. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. I love it. <laughs> I do. I really do. And the thing is, like, so how? what did that experience do for you as a creative hair artist? I mean... Did that inspire new ideas? Did that kind of redesign your path? Or, you know, did that have any influence on what you were going to do? Um, it had influence on who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. And then I think that, like, influences what I do. Like, it showed me, like, what willingness, like, how how much you were able to get with that. Like, it's like, okay, it's like, it taught me, like, it's all I have to do is figure out what I want. Yeah. And then that's it. Like. Yep that's the hardest part figuring out what you want and then having the willingness to make it happen that's true that's true what do you think it was for you that helped you now I'm gonna say this but I'm gonna come right back because it's a it's a loaded question so what do you believe it was that helped you find out what you love and as I pause and say this is finding out what you love is the hardest thing in the world and sometimes people don't even ask that question what do you love are you happy? What is going on inside you, right? So um, those of you out there listening, wherever you are on that journey, if you've never asked yourself that question, if you've never even knew that you could ask yourself that question, um, know that you can, first of all, and know that it, your answer is going to look very different than mine, than Kim's, than anyone else in the world, and your answer is just as beautiful as ours. So um, to share mine really quick with you so that you kind of know, I didn't know what I wanted to do in my industry as a hair artist for a very long time. I just kept reaching and all these things until someone asked me the question. Question, what do you love to do? And I had to pause. And I was being offered, you know, the um, in Beverly Hills, these fashion shows and all these different things that were the I thought I wanted. I thought that was success for me. And what it was was this very moment is sitting in front of a client, in front of a friend and connecting. And that's what helped me figure out what I love. Now, with the experience of Hawaii and really feel it, finding who you were or, you know, maybe working on some things you were what what does that what did that translate to? Honestly, um, I think it helped like create self love within myself, and I think my passion is helping other people create their own self love, or not even create it, find it. It's already there. Like you are already perfect and beautiful just the way you are. It's just figuring out that you already are. Yeah, you don't need anything else. It's just you. Mm -hmm. And being okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. And also uh, a sentence I have to find myself repeating to myself all the time is it's okay to be happy. It's okay because I am just generally a happy person even when things are going wrong. And everyone looks at me like I'm, I'm careless. And it's like just because you're that way doesn't mean I have to respond that way. That's just me. But it took me a long time to be okay with that. And she's absolutely right when she says it's okay. It's okay to be happy with who you are. It's quite the beautiful thing because have you seen – do you feel that you've seen it come out in your work? You know, this uh, this more valued perspective of self? Absolutely, mm. yeah. Like charging what you're worth, like saying no, absolutely saying no, not working on your time off. 
like not coming in no matter who it is. Like they need to respect your time just as much as you respect their time. Like you can't have a like valuable like relationship with all the people at home if you don't have any time to spend with them. And I think that's part of why I'm on this journey with actually being a commission stylist. I do not own my own salon and I am not a booth rental, but I love this because I literally work three days a week, you guys, three days a week. And I'm planning on hopefully making a six-figure income doing that. Yes, yes. And that's I'm so glad you brought that up, Kim, because commission has really had this negative light on it. Now, mind you, there are some interesting ones out there. Do your due diligence, read the paperwork. But Kim's situation and what this owner does for her, and please go ahead and what salon do you work out of here? True Hair Studio. True Hair Studio. So at True Hair Studio, what they do for their professionals is truly amazing. And Kim is the proof of a commission artist working diligently to put set herself up financially and it doesn't have to be booth rent it doesn't have to be an owner so Kim if you don't mind um one thing that I've always loved that you've shared with me on our on our separate times is um your mindset of how you're preparing for your future you know your um if I do x amount of clients this and that so um what what helped you to get that in place Um, I think just working at the salon that I work at because they are geared towards being career hairstylists. Mm -hmm. So I think the biggest thing that most people have to decide is, are you a job hairstylist, a hobby hairstylist, or a career hairstylist? And you need to make sure that you're working at a place that is cohesive with that. Mm -hmm. Because if you're a job hairstylist working in a career hairstylist salon, you're in the totally wrong place and you aren't going to excel. It's finding the right place for yourself, for sure. Um, And just the systems that they use like we track everything like have you guys heard the um, expression measure what you treasure because if you don't know where you start how do you know where you can go mm-hmm. it's oh like, I love that I to be honest I don't think I've ever heard measure what you treasure that absolutely. is beautiful measure what you treasure hmm. interesting that is a really good point and also I like your tidbit on um, hobby career or job stylist because that is the truth. When you sit a lot, when you sit among people who are in it for the career, their their thought process and their trajectory is far different than someone who's in it for a hobby. I mean, there's there's an entirely different passion circuit that goes that way. So I think that's those terms right there. I love those. I love those. <laughs> well, thank you. Not mine, but <laughs> yeah, no, I. You know that we none of us are reinventing the wheel, right? We're just sharing what we've learned through our experiences and just you know continuing on. But. Um, no, I think that you're right. And the commission part is interesting because um, if you don't mind, don't don't share. We cannot talk about this at all. Um, but commission or not what your split is or anything like that. But how do you book your schedule as a commission stylist as three days a week and so forth? Right. So um, do you have an assistant? Are you tell us how your day to day looks? So um, I have an assistant. She just started with me about a month ago. And so I guess in the way like I I looked at what I want to make next year. Okay. Right. So then I broke that down into how much I would have to make like in a week. Mm -hmm. Right. I took that big number, broke it down into smaller numbers because if you make it into smaller bite size increments, it's a lot easier to swallow. Right. Absolutely. So then, okay, this is what I have to do in a week. And then I took that and I divided it into how many days I work. So then that's what I would have to do daily. Mm -hmm. And then I took that and took looked at I work 10 hours a day. So I divided that by 10 hours a day. So then it's like what. I have to do per hour in order to get there. And I lost my train of thought for a second. That's okay. I do it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're breaking it down into bite size. Um, 
uh, day days down into hours, so you know what you have to do hourly. I'm and, trying to help. Oh, it. and then yep. and then you look at your services and what they cost, and then you know by how much they cost how much time you have to do that. And if that is somehow not adding up, then you probably need to raise your prices. Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, I hope all of you rewind this part just right here a couple times as she said that because. Too many times, beauty professionals, because of our industry of money coming in every day, depending on how you make money. A lot of people, it's every other week, however it is. But you need to take time to prepare yourself for success. Set yourself up financially. Set yourself up for time. This is a career if you choose to have it as a career. But what she just recommended on the financials is so wonderful. The, it's such a beauty in simplicity moment of how to break down to take your career where you want it by the next year. I love it, Kim. That's well, so great. And has it been pretty successful for you doing it that way? It really has because then you're not like so scared. Like mm -hmm. you're like, I'm not worth this much or whatever. And actually, one more recommendation yes. I have for everyone is if you're not willing to pay how much you're charging for your services, how do you how do you expect anyone else to? I recommend that you go out and like have an experience, pay full price for something. Mm -hmm. Even go to someone you don't know, maybe someone with good recommendations. Yeah, no, but, no, no, for sure with someone with good recommendations. When, like someone is coming to you for the first time, the level of anxiety that they feel and how much you're going to charge them and all of that, you need to feel that too so that you know how best to guide them on their journey with yes. you. Yes. Like to make them feel comfortable. I think that's a great piece of advice because very rare times do we experience that because that is one of the perks of being a beauty professional is we have each other to to do each other's hair and makeup and whatever whatever services we need and I love that your tip is to go ahead and go out and experience it one I have to add on to this too is you being a client beauty professionals take care of yourselves mm -hmm. take care of yourselves take time for yourselves do the primping and all of the little things that we do for our clients for yourself and love yourself through it but I lost my train of thought too <laughs> <laughs> but and that's the thing too is you know we really are just trying to create the experience a positive experience and how do you know unless you've experienced that anxiety that unknown and it's okay if you can't do it <laughs> um but that I've experienced that twice in my career, twice. And one of them was the gentleman, Dom Dom, and love you so hard down in uh, Beverly Hills. He's an incredibly talented um, stylist. And he cut my hair. And I wanted him to not know I was a beauty professional. I wanted to be treated like a client, which never happens. We all know this. <laughs> the minute I said one, one terminology, he knew I was a beauty professional. But um, he asked me, what do you love, Cameron? This city will be wickedly enticing and you're good and you're going to go where you want to go but what do you love because it won't be a matter of option it will be a matter of choice and that was something that was really hard to hear was because I didn't know where I was going I didn't know what I wanted and it, then let alone trying to break down into a financial component right when you're grasping at all of these things and so that experience of being uncomfortable taking myself to another beauty professional who um, you know shares a lot of the same qualities as I do and all of us do and he helped me in my career. And that same here. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. I go to Sacramento for haircuts. You oh, guys. I love yeah, that. I'm, I'm crazy. I'll take the whole day. I'll drive over there. Good for I you. pay full price. And I learn so much from her every single time. Like she actually changed my life. Her name is oh. Eliana Gibson. Um, okay. Apothecary. 
Wow. Um, she's what amazing. a cute name, yeah, Apothecary. Right? I yeah. love that. Okay. But yeah, I came in and like, she's like, okay, you need to embrace your inner lioness. Like you need oh, to yes. like, just let that like freak flag fly, whatever that is, like embrace her. who you are. And ever since that haircut, like that's changed my life. So that's what I want to be able to do for my guests. Wow. But having that experience is what um, is like that light switch. What an impactful experience. You know what? I love hearing that beauty professionals get to have those moments because don't you feel we get to share that with clients a mm-hmm. lot of time right and I think not jaded we're not jaded it's just we hear a lot you know and it's not often that someone feeds it back into us it's not often that you get that experience and what apothecary did for you am I saying apothecary apothecary my bad apothecary girl I love your name um what she's done is so amazing for you and you can feel it with you, Kim. Like, you know that you're proud of who you are as a professional. And I know you've worked so hard to get here. So I'm not I don't want to undermine that because it takes a long time to feel that. But you taking the time and the courage and overcoming anxiety and overcoming all of these uh, mistruths, money, right? Money is one of the greatest tools. I actually shared a very similar um feeling towards it and I've you know worked away from that of course as well now but with time and a lot of work towards that I'm so grateful you're willing to share your story and your journey because we are all so uniquely different and what we offer and something that I think is interesting about how you like to do hair so um, Kim's sitting in front of me right now with the most beautiful green hair (laughs) and curls that are to die for but it's very interesting because Kim is incredibly talented when it comes to color corrections, to, to crazy colors, to fantasy colors. But there's one thing about the process Kim does not like. And what is that, Kim? Um, the process itself, the <laughs> journey. Like, I get the worst anxiety. I'll, like, stall and stall and stall because I'm just, like, putting that first stroke down. That's, like, the hardest thing because you're like, what if I mess up? Totally. Like, what if I mess up? Well, how many times have you messed up before? Not that many. It's just our own like thing, you know? So the whole time, like we say, it's not like the destination. It's the journey, right? For me, it's the destination because that's (laughs) when I can like finally breathe. Okay. This was the most magnificent thing I've ever done. But during, I'm just like, why is this not over yet? Like, I hate it. I hate it. Because you're just so nervous, right? Like, yes. And also there's one other little tidbit that is not a huge fan of Kim's is she does not like the pre-lightning process. Oh no. I hate that. I hate that. I like, (laughs) why why do you have to destroy people's hair? Like, it's just... Ah, it drives me crazy. And then like, well, I guess my approach a lot of times is I don't lighten all of the hair. I'll do like different panels because mm. I like to think ahead too. Okay, well, how is this going to look when it grows out, when it yes. fades? Like, is it going to look like trash? Well, if it's going to look like trash, then I don't want to do it. Mm. Like, I want it to be something that they can maintain, you know? Yes. Like, because... Ooh, what a tricky balance. Ooh, let's touch on that one because, okay, also sitting across from each other is a naturalist and a fantasy color, <laughs> a vivid, okay? I am 110% a naturalist when it comes to color. My hair is as boring as it possibly could be. I am it's a brunette. Beautiful. Oh, thank you. But it's very boring, guys. You know I am a brunette. Like, that's just it. But at the same time is you have someone who's incredibly talented with all of these things. And this is something that I always have found a really interesting topic, hot topic, call it whatever you will, because it's all approach. It's not wrong. There's no wrong way to do this. But I really appreciate someone who does vivids and these fantasy colors who takes into consideration the grow out, the consideration of the integrity, the consideration of all of these things that are difficult to take into consideration when doing fantasy colors because it's such an extreme. You know, we we can't have any underlying tones. We can't have it has to lift evenly, all of these things. So. That being said, with I do balayage, right? 
my goal with my every single client is that they don't have to even look like they came out of my chair. Like I want them to look so natural that people are confused if they've gotten their hair done or not. <laughs> and when they come back and it's been three months and I love these texts and they're like, Karen, someone asked me yesterday if I got my hair done. I'm like, girl, you look like a train wreck. It's been 12 weeks. And she's all, right? Like, I don't know what their problem is. And I was like, well, whatever. Like that is the best compliment I ever could receive. So thank you for sharing it. But the thing is, how in the world have you been able to find a good balance for yourself and I mean, because your work is beautiful and your clients are so happy, obviously, and all of those wonderful things. But what have you found to help you in getting the outcome you desire while maintaining integrity of the hair with these fantasy colors? Um, number one, not coloring the whole head. Okay. Um, but a lot of panels, it's it's all about the placement. Like, sure. um, one of my favorite educators is Mazel Aponte. Okay. And he says, it's not what color you use. It's where you put it. You can get the grossest, like, baby poop green color. And if you put it in the right place, it will look good. Wow. Wow. So, so I mean, how do, where do you even begin with something like um, that? Like, looking at their features, looking at, like, their head shape, because there's so many different factors, right, as to where, how hair Where that light's going to hit. And, yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. And I do a lot of things where it's kind of, like, more underneath, so you're, you're seeing it through rather mm. than it being right up on top of your face. So as that fades out, no big deal. Love it. Love it. Well, and in, in hearing these little things like that is... What helped you get there? So obviously this mentor was like very influential in educating you in these little peekaboo tricks and things like that. Not peekaboos, guys, but, you know, the hidden placement, the um, elusive placement. And what helped you make that tangible in your day-to-day -day work? You know, how did you... Oh, guys, my mic just fell. <laughs> uh, what helped you to do that? Um, using normal colors you don't like okay color placement it doesn't have to be a vivid color it could be any color again yeah. placed in the right place it's going to look really good yeah but just practicing it and using more natural colors and then I felt more comfortable mm. with putting in something that was not so natural didn't you tell me that one of your one day you're just like this older woman came in and wanted something yeah tell yeah <laughs> oh she came in and we had been talking about it she's like oh she was like mostly like white so it's like the perfect base for a lot of um vivid colors because you don't have to bleach for first depending on the color line that you use so mm -hmm. i use trillion tones okay where there's an alkali a peroxide and the pigment so then you can get all of that in one step oh nice but, um she's like oh i just want purple and i'm like we could give you purple or we can give you something a lot more special than purple why don't we do like something you know it looks like you know when you're playing with the hose as a kid and like you see that like kind of rainbow like effect that like little pastel prism and she's like yeah I'm like let's do that okay and she was so nervous the whole time like I knew this was gonna be beautiful but she made me nervous of and course I, like didn't even know that it was the right thing until it was all done yeah just because like she was so nervous about it and I mean as like someone that's empathetic to other people of course you're gonna feel that but know that you've gotten your training you know what you're doing yeah like don't doubt yourself that's where the rubber meets the road right there is that those empaths I'm an empath as well and it's like you start out so confident and like, no, I know what I'm doing. And then, oh, you feel them getting a little nervous. So then you're like, oh, shit. You know, and it's like, oh, shit. You're like, did I formulate that right? Did I do this? <laughs> I mean, I, I had to go look at that photo. You guys have to go check out Desert Colorist on Instagram so you can see this. But it is so beautiful. And what I love about that is um, beauty is really an interesting word because beauty is everything. And everyone has an opportunity to be beautiful. And I think sometimes it's really hard to, to get away from the stereotypical beautiful, right? And 
I think it's so important that we make everyone feel beautiful and everyone feel special for what they are. And the fact that you took that extra time and something scary too for yourself, you (laughs) easily could have given her exactly what she wanted. And see, and there's that other balance of, and I have to tell all of you new professionals out there who are hearing this for the first time, or if you're a client and hearing this. So as we get started in our careers, we're just trying to make clients happy. (laughs) We're just trying to learn our own skills. We're trying to refine our own specialties. And we really just want to make you happy. And so as a professional, it takes a lot of courage, a lot of time to have a backbone to say, this is what I do. And no, I'm not doing that. That is almost equally hard, I think, in my experience with other professionals I've mentored, that it's saying no where uh, you have a client come in, they're very aggressive in what they want, or, you know, they show you the picture and they're like, I want something within this realm, nothing too far, whatever, whatever. Your creative spark just instantly comes to a halt because in your mind, or at least mine, I'd, I'd never like to speak for someone else. But in my mind, at in the beginning of my career, it was, okay, they showed me this, their hair looks like this. Like, who do I talk to about this? And, <laughs> you know, like, and who... Uh, you know, it was just this thing, but then I had to confidently decide, nope, I'm going to mix this. I'm going to place it here. And it's that courage and that anxiety of the outcome because Mm -hmm. you're trying to learn and you're trying to grow. So as you are working through those things, I, I, I only preface this because I never want to forget the journey. You know, something with veterans is we've worked really, really hard to be here. And a veteran is someone who's just been in the game a very long time. That's it. And we've all been in it different. But with us veterans, we forget some of those baby steps that help get you here. And so please know there's so many stepping stones to what I'm about to say. But when you love what you do, and you take that step of risk to take your client to the next level, you're making an impression as a professional right then and there of who you are, what your talents are, and how bold you are as an artist. And you're going to fail sometimes, or you can have an incredible experience like Kim did with this woman who walked away feeling like a goddamn unicorn. Actually, like- <laughs> she was scared when she walked oh, away. Yeah. Still. She was still yeah. totally unsure. And then she went to the grocery oh, store. Oh, see? There and we go. people were following her around. Yep. Like, is that is that like some kind of like... Is that a light shining on your head? Like what's people were taking pictures of her and then she came back into the salon and raved about how happy she was. Okay. That's even better, Kim. Like, I mean, seriously, that and that's even more nerve wracking for you. How did you feel in that moment? Her walking out nervous? Um, I I think I I was also kind of scared. I felt kind of weird, but I knew that it looked bomb. So I was like, you know what? Like she's going to love it. As soon as other people see it, she's going to love it. That's awesome. And that's part of that. Um, experience right there is just trusting your work, trust your hands, trust, you know what you're doing, but be willing to take risk, be willing to help your client know something they didn't know. You're the professional. (laughs) You need to be able to talk to your people and be able to communicate with them all of their potentials, but make sure that you're doing it within the realms of knowledge. (laughs) um, I like to think of it as like, we're like the hair mediators, like between them and their hair, right? Because like someone might think that they grew up with jet black hair, but realistically, how many people have jet jet black hair unless you're Native American? Right. Not many. And then they're like 70 years old and they're asking you to make their hair jet black. And you're thinking like, oh my God, that's just going to like accentuate her wrinkles. Oh my gosh. Like your skin gets lighter. So your hair gets lighter and you have to explain those things to them. They don't know. They, most of the time they just self-diagnose. Totally. And not all of those things are the right thing that should be done. So as a professional, we are here to advise them. Yes. And 
be willing to say, maybe that's not the best thing. Like, cause a lot of times like earlier on in my career, okay, that's what you want. I'll give that to you. But then they're not super happy because that's really not what would look the best on them. And how did you feel when you would have them leave? When I was just doing what mm-hmm. they wanted, I'm like, please don't tell anyone I did your hair. Dude, please, isn't please that the don't. truth? <laughs> I know. I know. And then it's such a double-edged sword because you're like, well, that's what they asked for, you know, and it looks okay. You know, but there's all these things that you would have done if you didn't have that limitation mm-hmm. in that mind. And so you know, please bring inspiration pictures. Please, you know, be very open-minded and realistic clients. Let's just put that out there right now. But prof- but professionals, I'm turning it right towards you. Be very honest. Be upfront with your clients. Be professional and understand that anytime someone walks out of your chair, your name is on their head and you need to be proud of your work. And you also need to be educating yourself to where you are the professional you say you are. And what you grow in what you grow into and learn from all of that is so beautiful but take your time it takes time we all get there when we get there but circle back and ask yourself if you're doing what you love and if you're doing what you love that's where you chase chase that Mm -hmm. and would you say that when you um you know your story is definitely um beautiful in that you got to throw in Hawaii in there like I that's such a cool (laughs) what a cool little trinket in there I love it um but at the same time as you came back, refreshed, re-energized, that was 2010, right? 2000, mm-hmm. okay. So you're nine years in. Did you come back and consistently do hair? Did you take a little bit more of a break? What did you do? Um, I took some more time off. I did some serving and realized, what the heck am I doing? Mm-hmm. Like, I'd much yeah. rather be doing hair, like, and making people happy instead of just bringing them food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, just finding the salon that I am at is really the biggest change and realizing like because my mom actually is the least supportive of me being a commission stylist if you can believe that because she's been an entrepreneur my whole life okay she's always worked for herself she's boss babe Mm -hmm. yes absolutely and that's great that's beautiful for her beautiful for her but thinking about me and eventually wanting to have kids like how much free time did my mom have yeah almost none None. like she didn't spend that much time with me Mm -mm. and I want to be able to do that and this is the right path for me yes and the fact that you, you know that about yourself. I think that's half of, I think that's half of it, you know, that you have to ask yourself, who am I? What am I trying to do? Because you're not trying to chase someone else's career. You're chasing yours. And so stop looking elsewhere. Look inward to go forward. And with your, when you said you found the salon, I think that is something that um, really can make or break a professional. I, when I started my career out in Dallas, I had a very, very interesting salon experience. Wonderful. I learned most, most of what I learned today in human interaction, tougher skin, really kind of the ugly parts of this industry, to be honest with you. I wasn't spoke to for six months. Uh, yeah. Uh huh. And a salon of 30 stylists. It was crazy. And I just thought that was what it was like in a big city from a small town, right? I didn't know. I'm like, oh, maybe I just have to sit here. Like, this yeah. is just what it is. And we all know I talk way too much. So it was way too much for me to be in a room <laughs> by myself, not talking to anyone. But I learned a lot. And I went through so much there that I believe that I can address with people who have been through emotionally abusive relationships because that was so tormenting. I took a hiatus for six months and went into a suite because I could not be around any other owner. I was so scared I would be treated that way again. So I'm very fortunate that I did not, um, I was able to hold on for those two years that I was there. Um, And I, I met some of the most incredible people and all of these things, but picking your salon 
is something that is very much overlooked. And so I, I share the negative of just one of mine, because I promise you I've had so many amazing experiences in comparison. Like um, from there out, I've only in my 11 years, I've only had two negative experiences, but they've taught me so much that I just consider them opportunities. So that's why I, I share mine, just so you guys know that there is a wide range of experience in this room. But with yours, when you found that salon, how'd you know? What was um, what helped you know that was a good place for you to be? Um, they were completely organized. It was super clean, which is something that I, I'm mm-hmm. really um, passionate about, just like having clean space for your um, guests to be in. Sure. But like she had everything like... Um, like on paper like mm. this is what you have to do to earn your promotions this is every single goal that you have to hit like it's not because of how much I like you it's because of totally. what you are willing to do mm. and that was what hit it for me like wait I can be a six-figure hairstylist like a hairstylist yep. let's get that yep. right you know yes the average just so you know if you don't know is anywhere between 27,000 and 38,000 annually is what a hairstylist makes that's average but yeah. yeah, like that to know that that's possible. And yeah, to know so that these are take all the that steps. into consideration, guys, as you're hearing this, because I just told you 25 to 35,000. And at a commission salon working three days a week, her opportunity of six figures is just as real as if she were a booth renter or a salon owner. So I just want to make sure that we're not overlooking the fact that commission's a wonderful opportunity and yeah. how, to, how to find salons. So I'm going to keep making sure everyone hears that because. All options are good. <laughs> All yeah. options are good. Don't hate on the commission stylist, booth renters. Like, calm down. <laughs> and vice versa. Really. True that. Yeah. True that. It's true just, that. Some people just don't like working in a team environment, and that's okay. It's whatever it is that mm-hmm. you want. As soon as you figure it out, you can make it happen. Absolutely. I love it. Yep. Whatever works for you, it's absolutely perfect. So she was organized. That was kind of your first like okay this is my girl this is my jam yeah well she's ex-military she's not even a hairstylist oh see that always red flags me i'm not even kidding you <laughs> me too if but- i find an owner who's not an, a stylist themselves i always get nervous and so that's i love hearing when there's a good outside story so tell me more about her that's well, interesting she's just the most wonderful human being oh. i've ever met she like treats me so well like i feel like a part of the family and like every single person that is a part of the team she treats like oh my family gosh, like amazing. it's like um with like our assisting program or our, our associate program yes like, my um associate asked me hey what do i need to get what do you recommend for curling irons for this this and this i'm like don't even worry about it because they're yeah. within that program like you level jump and each one she just like spoils you with all the stuff that you need and by the time that you're on the floor you basically have everything that you need I love this so much I mean interview her I should (laughs) interview her we we need to get her on here because I'm telling you that is so beautiful that she does that that's I mean that's human compassion that's oh that's integrity and setting the foundation for her salon that is really amazing. I mean, what? And she's not a stylist. No. That no. trips me out. <laughs> that trips me out. Like the fact that she is taking into, consider, into consideration what a stylist needs and she's not one. I mean, that makes me mad. <laughs> that makes me a little mad. I'm like, I've worked for a lot of owners. Guys, get on it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but that is really, I can understand why you knew that that was the right one. If the family component, I think, is always when I knew is it felt like a family. And I have my salon that I worked at in Santa Monica. Oh, my gosh. Family like exclusive salon of LA Fashion Week, high end celebrity left and right coming in. 
But none of that mattered. Like when you talk to those stylists, and I promise you, I promise you, they are so talented. It was so intimidating working next to them because there is no not good stylist in that in that building, right? Like to go through to work here, you had to apprentice for two years. You had to do all of these things. I did not, but um, I was very fortunate. I was an outside hire and was grateful that I was able to have this experience. But what David Abrams and Jason Lara do at this salon is one of the most incredible experiences. And that's when I knew is I felt like family is they treated us with so, and I was actually commissioned at that salon. Now that I think about it, Um, they just treated us like family. And it was like, everything was so much more peaceful, so much more inviting. And I think that if you're starting out in your career and you're trying to figure this all out, and I know hearing stories, it can be kind of hard because there's a lot of steps that got us to where we are that you don't know or haven't heard or whatnot, but exactly, yeah, just take the time for yourself and don't worry. There's not a right or wrong way in this industry. I mean, obviously there is a right and wrong way to do hair, <laughs> but not technique wise, not choice wise, not the look, not nothing like that. But for you, it has to be real. It has to be authentic. I, was, I was just want to make sure you, if you were going to add something right there, I didn't know. Um, but is make sure you're taking your time in this industry to do what means a lot to you and take the time to find the right place to do mm-hmm. that as well. Because it can work booth renting or commission equally as beautiful. It just has to be what fits you as a professional. Mm-hmm. So Kim, would you say that you have any advice that you would recommend that a professional do to help them set themselves up more organized as a professional? To be more organized. Well, actually you need to have an accurate, um, not plan, but an accurate view of everything that you're spending, Mm -hmm. depending on like, you know, if you're booth rental, you own your own place or whatever it is, how much does it cost you to make the money that you're making? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times people are like, oh, I made this much this week. Okay. But how much did it cost you? Like realistically, if you are booth rental, I'm going to throw some numbers out right now. Yeah. Go for it. So whatever your rent is a week, say it's a hundred dollars a week, you need to make eight times that much to be able to make comparable to what you would be making as a commission stylist. Yep. So just, I think knowing that in the beginning, like I think before you start anything is really powerful. Um, as far as it how is, much it costs you to work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then looking at, okay, how much money am I bringing in every day? Like stop trying to pocket your tips and not claim them because that's why so many people as hairstylists are working when they're 80 years old. This is true. Because, and they can't buy houses. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because <laughs> yes. you're pocketing all that. It shows that you're making less. So then when you go to get a loan you're paying more for interest so in the long run how much is that costing you absolutely and it's so it's so hard the short-term gain long-term you know all of or excuse me short-term sacrifice long-term gain and so it's just amazing to me that more and more people don't think of it this way and they don't take into consideration what it's costing them to be behind the chair Mm -hmm. it's absolutely crazy to me and not just that look at how much you're bringing in so that you have an accurate like goal for what you need to bring in in the future if you don't know where you start you don't know how much further you can go like you might make this crazy plan and think oh my god that's so far out I can't get there Mm -hmm. but maybe you're almost halfway there but you don't no. Oh my gosh. I'm telling you right now. And this is something I'm, I put into practice every day and I, I still haven't found a good stride, but is writing things down, your goals, getting those out there, even if they're month goals, three months goals. Cause I have so many ideas in my brain all the time that 
I forget to write certain things down, but man, I tell you right now, the best thing I ever did was those details, paying attention to the details, looking at, okay, if I'm doing this, I'm doing this, you know, and so forth. Like what Kim's saying about your financial component can set you apart and help you with your career earlier on if you take advantage of this advice. Mm -hmm. So amazing that we're not taught this in beauty school. No, we're not. No. Like, because people just think that, like, I went into beauty school thinking I would leave, like, making so much totally. money. And the first interview I had, they totally misrepresented themselves, too. So then that didn't help me any. Like, they were like, you get hourly and commission when it was hourly versus commission. Uh -huh. Two very, very, very different things. Very. So be sure to ask a lot of questions. Hey, this is legal terms and or. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out for right, those andors, yeah. guys. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, that's hard. That's really hard. And they misrepresented themselves. That's that's really not okay. No. Not even. Uh, that happens a lot. It does. No, it really does. And, and then we're too scared to ask because we're like we say, oh, I'm bad at math, so I'm just not going to ask the questions. Yep. I'm a hairstylist because I'm bad at math. No, you don't hear doctors saying I'm a doctor because I'm bad at braiding hair. Yep. No, you're a hairstylist because you want to help people, but you're also entitled to making a good living. Ooh, I like that. Rewrite your narrative, pros. Don't, don't get caught in those. I'm not something. I'm not this. Be a professional. And own up for what you're doing. You're standing behind that chair as a beauty professional and you're running a business. You are a business, regardless of if you are an independent, if you are a commission, or if you are a salon owner, regardless, it matters not. You are a business. You need to operate as one and make sure you know what the heck is going on behind those books. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. It is crazy. <laughs> and I'm so glad we touched on it because I don't think money gets talked about often enough in the industry because it's all this like glitz and glam and just trying to make money and all these things. But how you make money, how you track it, how you can be successful as a professional. I think it's really great that you shared that part of yours with us because we don't get to hear, you know, the Ooh. the details of that. And I love your breakdown of, you know, if you want to make this next year, take it and reverse engineer it, guys. Take it and go backwards. Break it down. Go down into the hours like Kim did. And I would love to hear if you guys have, like, taken what she has said and put it into practice in your own because this, I love this, these tidbits she shared with you today because, it, we all could benefit from it in every component of our life of taking time for ourselves, moving to Hawaii, <laughs> <laughs> no. you know, pulling back a little bit just to reassess that where you're taking your career, it feels right to you that you're not just saying yes to say yes. You're you designed your career. You didn't just let it happen to you. Mm -hmm. You designed it. Exactly. That is so beautifully said. Yes, you did. You designed it. And another word she said a few times to me that I just, I, you know, it's there. I just can't stop saying it is willingness. And there's something really beautiful in that that um, you, you won't necessarily be privileged to hear, but I'll share with you right now is when Kim and I sat down together, she instantly shared this story with me of, um, and I'm actually going to pass it right back to her so she can share it if it's okay about um, learning the feeling of anxiety and, you know, addressing what that was and so forth when she's been dealing with this for years like yeah. and that was something as this professional just said to you the journey was her most nerve-wracking part but she still did it she felt the fear and she did it anyway and but she took time she figured out who she was no matter what fear she was feeling no matter what anxiety she was feeling and she is who she is today because of it and I love the story that you just shared with me about your assistant and so go ahead and share that yeah, real quick. So um, my assistant, Fiona, sorry, name dropping. But, Hi, Fiona. Um, <laughs> um, she started about a month ago and she deals with anxiety like really, really bad. Mm. And like to the point where she like needs medication yes. to help. Yeah, absolutely. And 
it's interesting like hearing her talk about it and then I learned you know what I've been dealing with anxiety my whole life I just never was diagnosed or it was never like labeled as that I was just thought I was being crazy or having a moment or whatever but yeah I totally had anxiety too and throughout like all of this like I think what the anxiety does the most is it just makes you fearful of doing new things yeah and like having new experiences taking those steps of risk those exactly little, mm-hmm. but the best thing to do is to say hey you know what this scares me but I'm gonna do it anyway yeah. or hey this scares me but instead of like letting that take over you have a momentary like th- in the a moment, moment of clarity yeah, almost, yeah, huh? Yeah, you can say, hey, I'm going to either label this as anxiety or I'm going to label this as super exciting. Totally. Like, like today, like coming in here, I w- was having yeah. anxiety over this. You know what? But like I just said, you know what? This is going to be really exciting because there's a reason for me to be here so that yeah. I can share my story with everyone and hopefully inspire and empower. Yeah, absolutely. And you most certainly have. I mean, honestly, there's so many things myself I can take away and be like, I'm going to remind myself of that. I love the words that you've used. I love willingness. I love, um, you know, I, I don't even need to say them because everyone's going to take little tokens from what both of you and I have said. But you had courage to share your story even against all of that anxiety. And just so full disclosure, everyone, I deal with severe panic attacks. So I have never been an anxious person. I am probably one of the most fearless people you will ever meet. Meaning, um, I'm, I'm fairly bold in my choices. Like I'll just go for it. I don't need to see any like, um, sure-footed outcome, things like that. But I will tell you that. So I say that only for this reason is I've never been anxious. So I didn't know what was happening to me when I became anxious. I I didn't even recognize the feeling and I didn't know what to do. And so then all of a sudden my breathing started happening and my chest started collapsing. And I'm like, I'm having a heart attack. Like it was a very scary feeling. And so fast forward and and I've been dealing with panic attacks and anxiety now for I think a year. And I'm I'm much better. I understand I'm more now, you know, but I'm doing things self-care thing all of these things that we're talking about you guys these are experiences we've had that we've had to overcome and that's why we're sharing them because I wish someone would have told me (laughs) I wish someone would have been vulnerable to (laughs) to be like guys shit's going sideways like you know it's just what it is and it's okay and the fact that you had anxiety but you still had the courage to sit in front of me and the first time I sat in front of this microphone and to be quite honest with you guys I I can't listen back to them because I get so nervous okay so just know that I only can do it in the real moment I get so anxious when I hear my own self so I have to come overcome that too so don't stop yourself from Mm -hmm. sharing your truth don't stop yourself from sharing your story because you just don't know who you're going to help and Kim, I can't thank you enough for being willing to come and share this time with us and share your story. And I look so forward if you're willing to come back on in a couple months and update us on what you are up to. And we would love to have you back. Absolutely. I would love that. I feel like I have so much more to talk about. Oh, my gosh. I I was like all nervous. And now I'm like, okay, like, let's get going. Yeah, girl. Yes. (laughs) Well, and I hope, honestly, I mean this. Write down some of the things you're feeling right now. And let's talk on them. And if you have one that you want to share sooner, let's bring you on as a guest artist onto our live workshop so you can share it. Because you have such an incredible talent that I I would love to (laughs) continue going all day (laughs) but I do want to say one thing oh please the fact that you just said talent I don't think I'm talented at all I just work hard and I think that that um is an example for anyone else that wants to try anything if you see someone else doing it that means that you can do it too yes absolutely all it takes is that word again willingness 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 to try it out make mistakes it's okay if you make mistakes 
because you're going to learn from them. Yeah. And one of the biggest lessons I learned from hairdressing school was no matter what situation you're in, even if you don't learn what to do, you learn what not to do. That's the truth. Mm -hmm. That's the truth right there. Oh, I like that. I mean, oh, instant. All of this stuff just popped in my head of like hair melting. I'm like, no, I'm never doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. And Kim, Thank you for joining us. And if you guys want to reach out to Kim, Kim, what's the best way they can get a hold of you? Um, Instagram, I am Desert Colorist. Awesome. And just she's a little tricky because her headshot is this beautiful rainbow color. I changed it. Oh, it's did me you? Now. It's me now. I'm Afro proud. Disco Queen. Oh, I'm so proud because <laughs> I'm telling you right now, when we first met her, we're like, I'm so confused, Kim. Your hair is very curly compared to this very straight, long hair. <laughs> and she's all, no, that's not me. And we're like, oh, okay. But that being said, you got to check her out. You got to check her workout and just honestly engage with her. She's an incredible human. And that is how I was fortunate enough to meet her is I saw her work and was just spellbound. And here we are today. So reach out to her and please feel free to reach out if you have any questions for us at Freebird. But thank you so much, Kim. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure as well. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. (laughs) 